Hello everybody, welcome back. And as you can see, I'm pretty sure Deuce is below me. We have Rashad Deuce Hassan in the virtual house. How are you, Deuce? I'm doing great, doing fine. Just trying to find a way to stay productive during this time. And uh, just appreciate you guys having me on the show. No, absolutely, a pleasure, it's a pleasure. You see, the overtime boys got to you first, you see. So we had to go through a whole process of like, oh, well, he, he's done the overtime show, so. <laughs> I, mean, I think we've left it enough time now to, to right. be on as well. That spoiled him for us, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we also had to give a chance for your beard to grow a bit. Yeah, it's been uh, growing in. I need a, a lineup, a haircut, but you know, right now, uh, I just gotta deal with it during the lockdown. I, I dream of needing a haircut. No. <laughs> I was about to say, you guys look great, though. You know, I can't tell we're in lockdown right now. Yeah. I mean, look, I look like Milton Jones, the comedian. It's... <laughs> no, you look like, you look like the, Le the Lego man. <laughs> yeah. No more the Lego man, Tom. No, it's getting, it's getting better. It's getting better. Um, but, yeah, I, I would like a haircut now. It's At least hot. you don't have a, a rough looking beard going on right now. Like right now, no, I, look, I can't shave. Like a caveman right now. So, <sighs> yeah, I got a bit carried away for the first couple of weeks and let it grow. Oh, let it grow. Let it grow, and, and then it was catching and stuff. So, yeah, just nasty stuff in my beard. Yeah. I've I've never in my life been able to get beyond that itchy stage. You know when they, when it's when you've got three or four days growth and it starts itching. I can't. That's it. I, I am sure we are more okay. fun. Double over, over time. Yeah. We're bound to be. Bound to be. Yeah. So, how have you been keeping busy in lockdown? I've seen you've been doing some videos, some skills videos, and how yeah. has it been in general? Uh, definitely been missing playing basketball, you know. Uh, so, I'm always uh, wanting to be productive and very ambitious. So, I just uh, took all my time and just really directed it towards my social media and uh, really trying to encourage the kids to stay positive during this time because I know even though school is about to start back up, uh, um, they was out of school for a long time. I'm pretty sure they were missing their mates. And uh, yeah. also just the, the coaching sessions they go to during the week that the, the Plymouth Raiders hold. Because um, I had two sessions, one in Saltash and then one in Plimpton. So I just trying to find a way to keep the kids uh, still playing basketball, still staying healthy. So I came up with uh, some basketball drills of the day videos, which uh, it's been really a good reception. A lot of kids have been going out and uh, recreating the videos and uh, also created this shirt that I'm wearing. Just, uh, yeah, it's awesome. you know, just to create, I love basketball t-shirts, um, just to create a positive uh, distraction from everything that's going yeah. on. Cause I know a lot of people, you know, it's, it's, it's a time no, no one's ever been through so a lot of people just trying to find some normality. So just trying to put some smile, smiles on some kids' faces. Yeah. Who came up with the design for the t-shirt then? Uh, I did. Uh, all my ideas, I, I just always been ambitious and trying to find out what's next. I know I'm not going to play basketball for the rest of my career. And also, I just had like an interest in really uh, bringing up the popularity of basketball in the, in the country of England. Because, yeah. uh, there's a lot of kids that love the game, and I just want to encourage that kid to keep playing and develop their skills. And you know, maybe 20 years from now, we're saying you know, Great Britain is a top talent for the Olympics to win the gold medal. And you know, yeah. I just try to change the culture around basketball in, in the country of England. Yeah, yeah, I, I know how much you've enjoyed sort of going out and working with the kids and 
uh, you've been going up to the, the CVR sessions with the kids as well and, and helping out around development um, sort of when you can. So, yeah, I know how passionate you are about that, which is, which is fantastic. And, yeah, the kids, um, kids have been great, by the way. Yeah. It's very rewarding working with, with the kids, isn't it? Because they, they're sponges. They, they absorb what you're telling them and they, and they are enthusiastic. Um, yeah. You give you fantastic feedback. Yeah, they're sometimes, they're sometimes brutally honest. Yeah. <laughs> you just described yourself. <laughs> well, I am a kid at heart. I haven't decided yet what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> Sorry. Still got time. Yeah. You could be less brutally honest, Paul. Probably, you know, soften the blows a little bit more. But, but yeah. Uh, so, right, we're going to step back into basketball a little bit. So, uh, my, my, my father, Stato, as, uh, as he's known quite regularly, um, so 56 games for the Plymouth Raiders, wow. averaged 18.84 points per game, 7.5 wow. rebounds, uh, and a total of 33 blocks in that time as well. Do you remember every single one of those blocks? <laughs> uh, I, I remember quite a few buckets, uh, not every rebound and block, but I'm, I'm quite impressed with that. I didn't know those were my stats over two years, so uh, I'm always – type of guy that's that's not good enough so gotta do a bit better next season but I, i'll take those stats for right now those are pretty good yeah they're, they're, they're pretty good mate they're pretty good <laughs> yeah. yeah i wouldn't complain about that i think uh, one one game particularly stands out and don't ask me who it was against you might remember but uh you, you had one game where you went 13 for 13 shots mm -hmm. and uh i was doing the game commentary with paul nicholson at the time and both of us couldn't decide whether we wanted you to shoot more <laughs> and be more perfect or not shoot anymore and just stop there perfect and yeah. i think you ended up something like 14 from 15 in the end you did miss one shot yeah i was uh, up, i was upset when i uh saw the box score and i saw that i missed one shot because yeah. during the game you really don't even know you're like doing so well from the field so i was really surprised that i shot that well and i was like kind of disappointed i didn't go i didn't go 100 percent but Whatever, whatever percentage it was, it had to be in the, the 90s. So I'll take it. I'll take it. Not, not many yeah. guys have done that in, in their career, so I'll take it. No, but you are renowned throughout the league. And I'm, I'm sure if Daniel Routledge was on this call right now, he'd be able to give you exact numbers. But I think <laughs> at one point you, were, you held the record. You may still hold the record for the highest um, foul goal shooting percentage um, yeah. from two points. So it is incredible how you know where the basket is. It's... Yeah, it's just been anywhere a, on the court. Just it's always been a niche for me, just to like uh, really be effective in the low post. And uh, I think I'm currently number two uh, all time in the BBL, and my goal is to be number one. So got to go 100% a few more times, but uh, or at least 90%. Yeah. But you know, uh, I give credit to my teammates as well, because you know you can't do anything without your teammates. So I've played with a lot of good uh, players that know how to find me and know how to you know make sure I get involved in the game. So it's definitely uh, the hard work paid off, but I, I had a lot of good teammates over time as well. Yeah. So what, um, what got you into basketball originally then? Well, you know, uh, as you know, uh, sports are really big time in America. I'm from mm. Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, growing up, I didn't just necessarily just, you know, fall right into sports. Uh, I kind of... I kind of like the arts. I like drawing. I like painting, 
and uh, also just like telling jokes. So uh, eventually, my friends started playing sports. We started playing American football, uh, baseball, all types of sports, even you know, football. But the the one I enjoyed playing the most with my friends was basketball, and I started playing around the age of eight and just started playing like rec in recreation leagues, kind of like the kids here do with the CVL tournaments. Yeah. And uh, it just grew into a deep passion around the age of like 10, 11, when I started watching uh, the NBA finals where I saw Kobe Bryant against like Allen Iverson and just seeing, yeah. just seeing the Lakers go three P back to back to back and then watching players like Vince Carter, Allen Iverson, just, a lot of good players in the early 2000s from the NBA just got me interested in just being, uh, I'm, I'm the only child, so I, I didn't have any siblings. So playing basketball was like having an older brother or, you know, big sister when you, when your friends couldn't be around. So it's always yeah. been like a, a comfort zone for me, uh, like a sense of security. So just grew and grew. And luckily I got taller and taller and my skills <laughs> developed as I got older. This is where my career went wrong. I, I stopped getting taller and taller. Yeah. Uh, and just stopped at mediocre tall. Yeah. So otherwise, I, I, if I was six foot nine, I'd have gone all the way to the NBA. I guarantee. I believe it. I believe we'll be talking about you as the greatest of all time right now. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. <laughs> That's why my career didn't start in the beginning. I believe it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Paul is obviously engrossed to the point where he's, uh, he's absolutely frozen solid. So... And he swapped places, so I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but and I'm sure he'll be back at some point. Connected, and I saw him flying. And yeah, exactly. Now. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll we'll just leave him there for the time being. Uh, he can watch himself back later. Mm. But um, yeah, it's interesting you say about you know sort of Kobe, and that's that's your era because I grew up um, initially uh, following the kind of um, Larry Bird, uh, Magic Johnson kind of kind of their latter years and then right. it was Michael Jordan that came on the scene so for me I, I grew up with with the Bulls as my heroes and right. uh, that was my real sort of peak interest time when I was playing so the yeah. fact that you came up sort of a little later and a lot of people talk about Jordan and how he how he transformed the league and and yeah he absolutely did but you know there's people like yourself who have come up maybe the decade later right. uh, and they have similar heroes in that time and right. we're going to be having kids who are 10 years younger than us you know, watching today, uh, Luka Doncic and, uh, yeah. you know. It's, it's really uh, amazing because uh, I talk to the kids like nowadays when I when I go to coaching and I say, who's your favorite player? And I sometimes I expect them to say Michael Jordan or, I don't know, Kobe Bryant. They do say Kobe Bryant as well, but they relate to like Stephen Curry, uh, mm. LeBron James, uh, Luka Doncic, uh, just all the newer uh, generation players that are in, in the NBA now. And just like you said, it just kind of like puts it in perspective. Like uh, basketball is constantly evolving, and yeah. uh, opinions of basketball are going to be changed with generation to generation. So yeah. um, I do remember like Michael Jordan in his last three P era, but I just kind of remember just bits and pieces of like the yeah. 97, 98 season because it was it was funny. My grandma, she's uh, she lives in Chicago, so I used to go there every summer. And it was just a great time to be there because that's when Jordan was winning all the championships. But mm. I really wasn't following the NBA at the time. But uh, that I could definitely say that that sparked my interest in basketball as well. Welcome back, Paul. Yeah. We didn't talk about you. We said nothing bad about you. Thanks. 
Thank you, BT. Yeah. The, uh, my internet is dropping out. I, you may lose me again, guys. I, I didn't even realise you disappeared until I saw you flying through your flags, going, yeah. I'm back! <laughs> you disappeared again. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, um, I mean, it, so what we do here in Plymouth, I think, is a, a very smaller scale of, of, you know, your experience of following the NBA and, you know, the, the, the people, kids aspire to be like their heroes. And, and this is why two years ago when we set up the, um, the leagues in Plymouth and the, and the satellite clubs, that it was really important for me to, to get you guys involved in it. Um, and I know some have embraced it more than others. Some go along because, you know, got to go along. Others like yourself, like Will, um, they, they want to be there. They love working with the kids, really enjoy it. Uh, and the kids love it, absolutely love it. They just aspire to be like you guys. Yeah. You know, that's so important, I think, nowadays. Yeah, it's, it's always great to interact with the kids and like uh, basketball. It's it's kind of it is on a smaller scale, but the enthusiasm uh, enthusiasm for it is really great. Like uh, that's what kind of really made me resign for uh, the nineteen twenty season. It's just how well the reception was when I got here, and just how great the support was. Like you know, eighteen nineteen season we went to the playoffs and the crowds were really loud and you know very exciting to uh, play in front of, but just as well, you know, we didn't have the success we had the year before, but the crowd was still there supporting us every single game. Uh, anytime we score a basket, it sounds like, you know, it's thundering and lightning outside. And uh, it, after every game, no one's really like, you know, even if, whether you win or lose, they're always supporting you and always have positive things to say. And unfortunately, we didn't win as many games as we could have, but no one ever just, came up and said anything negative negative to me or no one said well I'm giving up on the Raiders and you know that's yeah. it but they, they always told me they'll come back the next game and we'll we'll get the next one so just to have yeah. support like that around the city and it's just a great feeling yeah yeah absolutely I mean it has been a hard uh, transition from when we were in NBL one and we were winning lots of titles coming up to the BBL it really has been a, a tough jump and um, you know we've lost probably more games than we've won over those years, but the fans have been astonishing. You know, that we didn't lose any, well, we hardly lost any fans and we've gained so many new fans as well um, over that time period. As you say, you know, people are quite happy to come and support winning or losing. So, you know, we're certainly hoping now we're going to have an era where we're all winning more. Right. So I, I, it'll be great to see what that does to the crowd and, you know, getting more people along. And the, and the even better thing about it is like, uh, still people that don't know about you know the bbl and as well as the plymouth raiders so there's still more uh, audience to grab and more family yeah. to uh introduce basketball to so that's the exciting part about it as well yeah yeah well uh, one great example there is actually um carl heslop you know your sponsor for for Oberdeer. Yeah. uh you know he, he kind of only got into basketball 18 months ago and now is a fantastic sponsor of the club yeah. Uh, his his son is nuts about it, and it's he was telling me the other night it's just taken over his life. Yeah. Um, and he's now he's now preaching to everyone he knows that they must come to games and they must help out sponsoring. And yeah. I know you've done quite a bit of work with Carl and, and you know and over there, which is just which is brilliant. Really embrace them as your sponsors. Yeah, major shout out to Carl and over there. They uh, been great sponsors. Um, but yeah, uh, he's new to basketball, but he loves it right away. And I think. Uh, a lot of more people and families were, were the same. Just 
like I said, that's why like with my t-shirts and my basketball videos, it's just really to introduce basketball to people who never, you know, seen a sport or yeah. just kind of been halfway interested, but haven't fully invested into the game. And just really to hook them in and, and reel them and bring them to the games. Cause we really have a, a, here in Plymouth, we got a great venue playing at the Plymouth Pavilions. Uh, the fans are really consistent and it's just great entertainment. Even if you don't like basketball, you know, um, you have great cheerleaders, uh, you know, uh, it's just a good atmosphere to be in front of. And sometimes trying something new will just hook you to it and you'll stick with it for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Do you see many of the kids that you coach in the community coming to games now? Uh, I do. Oh, it's that's the best feeling, really, especially the kids that I coach. Uh, to say like all the drills that they don't want to do during the coaching sessions, <laughs> and I go out and play well, and I say, you know, that's why I tell you to work on your crossover. That's why I tell you to tuck your elbow in while you shoot. So um, it's always great to see the new kids, though. And I always ask, like, is this your after the games when we sign the autographs? I always ask, has this been your first Raiders match? And they, they say, yeah, sometimes. And I was like, please come back to more and really encourage them to, you know, get their own basketball and start playing at home because it's, it's, it's fun to watch. But once you go outside and really bounce the basketball, take a shot at the hoop, uh, I think that sparks the joy and love of the game. Yeah. And, and you don't even need a hoop. I remember in my driveway at home, just I used to have a square on the wall. Right. Um, right. And I just used to aim for that, basically. Um, yeah. well, what the parents, why didn't you buy me a hoop? <laughs> to me <laughs> yeah i think that's um, the beauty of basketball though it's like uh kind of like you know football football is the most popular sport in the world but i think uh maybe basketball might be right behind it just because you don't really need much all you need is a ball yeah it helps to have a hoop but it, even if you don't have one you can still enjoy it yeah well it's the second most participated sport in, in the uk yeah, now. Sure. team sport anyway um and yeah it, as you say and it, it and it does um, filter through to the inner cities that other sports uh, wouldn't necessarily uh, sort of reach, which is which is fantastic. You know, I'm, and we as as clubs have got a responsibility to try and um, improve that as much as possible and get so many kids playing. And and you, you mentioned about you know kids not wanting to to do stuff. So what kind of coach are you? Do you make them run suicides or <laughs> how do you keep control? Well, it was a learning curve. You know, coming from the States, uh, there's so many great players and they start very, very young. Like, you know, uh, uh, there's kids starting out at eight years old that could do advanced basketball drills. They can make three-pointers like consistently. But coming over to England, I had to realize that, you know, uh, development's a little bit behind, but that doesn't mean they can't reach their ma maximum potential. So. At first, when I started out in my career, I was kind of like the, come on, go harder, go faster, uh, do better. That, I was that type of coach. But I realized like uh, not every kid responds to that type of coaching well. And, uh, you know, when I was growing up, I kind of had no choice. If I wanted to play, I had to listen to the coach yell at me. And it, it pushed me to be a better player, but also there's different angles of coaching as well. Just um, encouraging them to, you know, really just stay with it, stay, con uh, stay uh, consistent with working on your game on and off the court. And, you know, I just had to learn different ways to 
pushed him without being a drill sergeant. So yeah, yeah. Um, you just gotta uh, switch up your coaching style to each kid, really. Yeah, yeah. And it's also making sure that they're enjoying it. That too, that too, and that, like you said, yeah, that's the most important part because it's a lot of the uh, kids' first time playing basketball. Yeah, and you don't want to embarrass them too much or uh -huh. uh, send them away saying it was just too difficult, too hard. So yeah. really start on a beginner level, and it's really just about building their confidence. Yeah. Uh, once, once their confidence grows, they'll really love the game. And if they come along for that very first time and they have a positive experience, yeah. then they're hooked, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I learned. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I'm sure Paul and Bashak will, um, will have experienced this as well in many years in business. That, you know, when you're dealing and managing people, whether it be kids or, or sort of adults in the business world, everyone responds differently. You can't, you, there isn't one guideline of this is how you manage a person. You have to find what it is that sort of motivates that one person. It's the same with kids. You know, you might have one kid who, doesn't like being criticized and you've got to put up an arm around him and things like that whereas you've got another kid who you could you could potentially say listen I can't believe you made that you missed that shot listen I want a suicide off you uh, because they go I oh, know tell me about it and they'll run a suicide and it, you know it, everybody is different it all starts with you have you have to be interested in people yeah you have to be interested enough in people to find out about each of them as individuals and find something something that that works for that person 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're going to have to talk a little bit about the Leicester Riders. <laughs> so you went to Savannah. Yeah. So you went to Savannah uh, at college, had a good college career. And then your first team as a, as a rookie uh, was the Leicester Riders. So how was that joining us? How was the, what was it like going from college to, to the Riders? Well, uh, just playing professionally, uh, signing that contract uh, that summer after I finished uh, playing at Savannah State uh, was just a dream come true because there's a lot of hours that you put into the gym that people don't see, um, a lot of just personal hardships that you had to overcome. And it just felt like a, a sigh of relief just to know that I was going to start my professional basketball career. Um, you know, my dream would have been to play in the NBA, but at the same time, I looked at it like uh, I had never been outside the country before. So I felt like I'm going to a new country, England, everybody speaks English, so it won't be a language barrier. And, you know, I could just really put my skills on the display because I really wasn't naturally just gifted as far as playing basketball. I had to really develop a strong work ethic to get where I am. I wasn't like, a natural born like keeper or a great shooter right away. So I just wanted to make sure I took that work ethic to Leicester and you know it, it was it was a smooth process. Um they're a, a great organization and uh I played with some good teammates and I did really well my first year and uh sometimes when you're coming out of university in America to a a new country that first year could be make or break for you mm -hmm. and luckily I had a great season on and off the court and I just gained a lot of experience and I, I felt really comfortable playing in the BBL. So do you, you went to Savannah? Have, have either of you guys been to Savannah? It's a beautiful city isn't it? 
Are you been to Savannah, Georgia? Oh, no, I've been to Savannah a few times. Yeah, yeah. It, has, it has French squares and yeah. very beautiful architecture. Just to go to um, Wright Field. There's a big base outside Savannah. I spent a lot of time there. Yeah, I love Savannah. It's very, very hot down there during the summertime, but a uh, beautiful city. And I used to live in North Alabama, so I, I, I can do the heat, unfortunately. Sure. Um, fantastic barbecue I've had oh, in Savannah from, from what was if what was like a rundown garden shed. You you would <laughs> recognize, but absolutely beautiful barbecue yeah, yeah I, I like the barbecue and i'm not sure if you're a seafood fan but they have great yeah. Seafood as well. yeah yeah and uh pecan nuts and toffee oh yeah <laughs> that's that's what georgia is known for yeah, 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 yeah. pecans and toffee yeah yeah any now, healthy food paul or just uh... <laughs> all of that all, there's nothing unhealthy about barbecue and seafood isn't there <laughs> no this is true oh, in alabama it's barbecue and catfish Sorry, Basha. Paul argues all food is healthy, but I think a, a bag of crisps, crisps a day keeps me healthy. So I'm not <laughs> well, you keep sending him uh, uh, brownies as well, so that's no, he's limited he's to one a day, right? No, it's me that, that sends the brownies. He's sending the brownies, not me. Yeah. <laughs> I sent the brownies. Not me. <laughs> uh, so two, two years with the riders. Um, and then you switched and you, you were in Sparta uh, in Luxembourg for a season. So how was, how was that going from obviously an English speaking country to a German stroke French speaking country? Uh, it was quite different. Um, it might have been easier if I, I went from Savannah State straight to Sparta in Luxembourg just to, uh, I don't know, it, it would have been new and I, I would have been easy to adapt to it. But um, since I play a couple seasons in an English speaking country where I could like, you know, not understand. I got also understand my court, my coach and the commands he wanted us to do on the court, but also communicate with my teammates pretty easily yeah. to go into Luxembourg where my coach in Luxembourg, they speak so many languages because they're a tiny country in, in between like Luxembourg, I mean, France, Germany, and Belgium. So sometimes my coach would speak in Luxembourgish, French, uh, Belgian, uh, Belgian, uh, just a lot of different languages. And sometimes I could be confused on the court. Um, I be, you know, running to the wrong position on the, the court. So it was a, it was a learning curve and it was frustrating at the beginning, especially yeah. when I couldn't really just chat with my teammates because sometimes that helps you just yeah. get through the days in a different country. Uh, you know, off the court, uh, yeah. all my teammates were speaking the native language and I kind of felt like, uh, I was annoying them every time I try to talk in English. You know, they would have to remember the words in English and try to speak that way. So, you know, I didn't want to bother them too much. But after a while, you get used to it. Um, you just find uh, TV shows to watch. But it's it's kind of I wouldn't say lonely, but it's not the same far as like uh, socializing. You know, and you just keep to yourself and kind of miss the same routine every day. But that's why I like it, you know, in Plymouth, I get to go out and interact with the community. I met some great people in Plymouth, uh, been to a lot of family din dinners while I've been here, get to encourage the youth, and, yeah. and I, I couldn't really do that in a, a non-English speaking country. Yeah. It's weird, because it sounds like you're making excuses, but you, you average 21 points a game and nearly 13 rebounds. <laughs> so can you, yeah. what, what, what would you have got had you like fully understood every language? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I might have been full out 
last dance Michael Jordan mode. I might have been <laughs> 30 and 16 rebounds, but you know, it's I'm all I'm a professional and uh I'm a, I'm always gonna do my job on the court. But uh it was it was tough uh mentally uh sometimes, you know, you just had to find ways to get yourself going for games and luckily I did. My mom was always a big inspiration for me, so she always used to take me before the games and you know that that'd be all the inspiration I need. Yeah. Yeah, and of course you talk about um sort of meeting people here in Plymouth and I know how much you enjoy Plymouth and your partner's here and, and now You've got a you got a little one on the way. Yes, big news. Uh, I about to say like, my nickname is Deuce, but uh, from here on out, I might have to change it to Papa Deuce. Ah, I love that. <laughs> like, uh, my son's born August, and like like I said, it's just I really been the happiest I ever been right now, just because he's on the way, and I know we dealing with the coronavirus, but uh, that's that's been a great distraction for me, just to keep going with you know all the things I want to do in, in life after after basketball and yeah like I said as soon as he you know as soon as he's born I'm, I'm shoving the basketball in his hands and <laughs> you know as soon as he's able to walk we're doing basketball drills right away and yeah I'm just, we're gonna I'm get just, we're gonna get little mini romper kits uh, oh, yeah, you know uh, it's gonna uh, be Raiders um, branded <laughs> have all the Raiders gear he's gonna be yeah He's, he's gonna be he's gonna be sorted out pretty good. I have a vision of you wearing one of those the, one of those packs on the front, you know, having a minute and still playing. You know, I am. I am. Oh. <laughs> I, I'll make sure he say I'll, I'll put a little helmet on him, but uh, yeah. we're, we're gonna be. Please. I hope you're watching. Yeah, I hope your partner watches this uh, and stops you doing things like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? He's <laughs> a fan. She comes to games. Deuce, there's only one thing better than than having kids, and that's having grandkids. Oh, that's what I'm. Yeah, because you can spoil them rotten and then hand them back. Well, 20 years from now, I'll, yeah. I'll definitely sit back and enjoy that. Um, yeah. But for right now, I'm just you know taking the day by day and enjoying uh, the fact that I'm gonna be a father in August. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's the thing. And you've been a true professional basketball player in that you've orchestrated it so the birth is outside of the season. Right. I mean, just... <laughs> right. What can I say? I'm just great time all around. And so, I'll make sure we delay the season for you. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks. No delay it. <laughs> it's not the coronavirus. It's me doing this for you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping we could get back to the season uh, around the normal time. I know, like, uh, the Premier League... Is getting back uh, probably around June. Yeah, yeah, June seventeenth. Certain other sporting leagues are trying to figure out a way. But to be honest, I'm not. You know, I, I want the season to start on time, but I really yeah, just want everybody. Yeah, I just want everybody to stay safe right now. And when things get back to normal, we can resume the season or you yeah. know start the new 2021 season. But I just want everybody to stay safe right now. Yeah, it does. It does feel very much like uh, you know a little bit of lockdowns been lifted, and now everyone's suddenly straight back to normal life. And yeah, I'm not convinced this is the right way to go. But yeah, yeah Premier League. Are you, do you follow football in the UK? Uh, not not too much. Um, Manchester United fan, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I'm whoever fan you're a fan of, you know. Uh, I do very diplomatic. Up. <laughs> I don't really have a favorite team, but I do just like watching football, and yeah. uh, I really admire the sport. It takes a lot of stamina to play that sport, a lot of teamwork. Uh, 
a lot of, I like anything that requires a lot of skill um, yeah. because people don't understand how much time and effort you got to uh, put in to get to that uh, point. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's, it's very massive in this country, and I just, I like, and I also like watching it live. So, any, yeah. any sport, you know, it's, it's good to watch live. No, it's true. You, you're right. The guys that are at the very pinnacle, um, the amount of work they've done all their lives to get yeah. to there. Uh, and I must admit, it does bug me a little bit when, you know, at times like this, uh, you know, a couple of months ago, people were having a go at football and saying, well, they earn so much money. And, you know, but, but actually, if you're, if you're the best in anything you do, theoretically, you should be earning those kind of numbers. You know, the best yeah. surgeon in the world is going to be earning that kind of, uh, the best CEOs in the world. And, um, but footballers are such, a, such a, an obvious target. And people forget the fact that, yes, they're doing something they love. Um, but they've still worked so hard. Yeah. I think you become a target because like anybody who can pick up a ball and has thrown, uh, you know, two basketballs thinks they know basketball. It's the same with football. But like you said, I think you, you can, to be very successful, you could be the best chef in the world. You don't have to be the best, you know, uh, medical doctor you could be you could be the best basketball player you could be the soccer player it could be anything but you know if, if you're going to be a professional sportsman or the best ceo in the world or the best surgeon in the world they, they're not jobs they're life choices right. you know you're you're making a a commitment to spend a huge piece of your life perfecting 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 practicing and practicing and training and training in all of those professions it, you know it's a commitment it's people a life choice glory side i mean anybody who loves to play basketball they see the basketball and i'm sure you love but the training you do behind without the ball itself that's the part yeah. maybe the kids don't see maybe the part we don't see that's the hard bit we see the fun part the game but uh, I think the, uh, it's a bit like in education industry, you know, because everybody has been to school, you know, we, are all, we all have to go to school. We all act like we know how an education business should be run. Whereas being a teacher is totally different. Forget about running the school. Like when you do the coaching, then being a player, it takes yeah. a lot of patience and, you know, thinking you don't want to hurt the students. So yeah. a lot of preparation, a lot of marking, a lot of, Report right you know, there's all, a lot of research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, it, we, we had Foxy doing his clap last night for the NHS. Um, and <laughs> yeah. I mean, what an astonishing job the NHS have, have yeah. done. Yeah. And I think if people didn't appreciate it, they will now. And yeah. uh, and I think the NHS is probably a bit like that the teaching scenario. You're not going to go into it unless you have a passion. Yeah. For for helping save lives and helping people and caring for people, it's you know there are other professions around, but um, so I, I but I think what they've they've just they've been at the top of their game. They, you know they've they've almost had an opportunity to show how good the NHS is, um, and it really has been astonishing. And when Paul just said earlier, uh, being interested in people, I think what Juice does here, he loves people. It's not just being interesting. Yeah. I think it. We, we can see the love, lo some people love people re regardlessly, you know, I think mm -hmm. I see how you treat the kids and how you treat the game, it's, it's obvious. I yeah. think I would call it love, but... <laughs> I, I do, I do. Uh, 
I just feel like we all need each other. Uh, it's, the more we help each other out, the far we, the further we get as a society. So um, it just, it just comes from you know how I raised early on. A lot of people helped me to get where I wanted to be. So uh, I'm in the position now. I'm a grown adult. Um, I'm a basketball player, so a lot of people look up to athletes. So I just want to use my influence for a, a positive impact, especially, especially right now. Like, and like you said, Richard, just a uh, major shout out to the NHS and key workers. Uh, they, they're the real MVPs right now because, you know, a lot of people look up to um, athletes or musicians, but really, you know, um, credit, a lot of credit goes to the key workers and teachers and yeah. all the people behind the scenes that don't get it, the, the credit they deserve. And every time we ask about how is the lockdown and we all want to go back to our lives. Obviously, I miss my old life and we all do and uh, nobody's enjoying being in a lockdown. But the thing that uh, brings tears to my eyes uh, more than the number of people who lost their lives is whenever I have to watch that people who are key workers, mostly NHS staff, they have to just go and write their wills because they risk their lives and they have small kids, but they just go and do protect other people's yeah. lives. I think yeah. this has, that has been touching me the most throughout all this pandemic. We, you know, uh, that's one thing that uh, brings tears. And every time when I, 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 I am not a, it's not in my character to complain, but every time I'm sure I complain that we are in a lockdown and life is not normal. I think of them and I'm thinking, what a big yeah. sacrifice they are doing, risking their, they have young kids and they're risking their lives to save ours. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly at the start, there was no, there was no idea of how long it would last either. So if, I guess if you're going in to do that job, if you know you're doing a job and it's going to be three months, then you can kind of prepare yourself for that. But, um, you know, they're doing a job every day, not knowing, you know, when they're going to have to stop working 14, 15 hour days. And, yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. So Plymouth, I know, I know you've um, certainly really enjoyed living in Plymouth the last couple of years, Deuce. What, what have you found about Plymouth itself um, that's really sort of captivated you? I love uh, it rains a lot. <laughs> Foxy. That's just, yeah, Foxy's great. Uh, he's hilarious. I like that energy yeah. uh, celebration he did for the uh, key workers yesterday. But uh, other than the rain, you know, uh, it's just a very laid back city. Um, I'm from Atlanta. Uh, you know, that's a big city on its own. And uh, through the years, uh, me playing basketball, I've been to a big city. I played in London. Uh, I played in Paris for a little while. Um, I've been to Australia, down in Melbourne, and I love the cities, but it's just a little bit fast paced and a lot going on, which is yeah. fun, but, you know, I'm getting older and older, and, you know, I just really want to just focus on basketball, so I felt like as soon as I came here, um, it was the perfect place to uh, focus on basketball and rededicate myself, because I had a uh, plantar fasciitis injury before I came here, so yeah. I, I wasn't 100%, but when I finally came, I got back to full health and just the, the laid backness of the city, the fans, uh, I love that it's on the water. Um, yeah. Atlanta is landlocked, there's no there's no ocean near us or no lake in the city. So it's just good to get away and go by the Barbican or the Plymouth Hole and just, you know, look at the ocean and re really collect your thoughts. So 
it's, it's like the perfect blend of a big city, but also a small city vibe. So yeah. I like that combination. It's just uh, been good for me ever since. It's just been really good for my mental and my physical state. Yeah. Oh, it's good to hear. Yeah, they refer to Plymouth as a big village, really. Yeah. So, you know, everybody knows everybody um, to a certain yeah, that's extent. A, that's a comparison. That's a great comparison. Like you said, everybody knows everybody. And I, I kind of like that. I like going to the grocery store or just being out and about and people recognizing you and just having a good genuine chat. Oh, that's great. So um, going through what you've been through in the, you know, since 2013 in professional career, what kind of advice would you give to, to kids coming out of college looking to go pro? Uh, just be patient and to really develop a strong work ethic because, you know, uh, to everyone, but more especially import players, you could be easily replaced, you know, with, <laughs> with a finger snap. So you can't feel like you made it and you can't feel like you can relax now. Like, this is like, if you coming from university to your new professional squad, it's only the beginning. And you gotta prove yourself game in, game out. Um, you really gotta make a good name for yourself in the community because even after, even if you finish a full season with the squad, they got the choice to bring you back or not, and that depends on how well you impacted the community, how how good of a teammate you were, how positive you were. So, uh, just be patient and really de develop a strong work ethic, and just be grateful for the position. Uh, you know, I had teammates in the past who I think you know weren't too grateful, but yeah, really appreciate it because they don't have to choose you. They have so many other athletes used to choose from all over the world so you really got to make the most of your opportunity yeah i think that's really great advice i, I couldn't i don't think i could have summed it up better myself so um yeah i really appreciate it but we are running out of time but i can't let you go without you giving a massive plug to your t-shirts so oh, yeah where can people get them so you can get them from my website tap athletics t double a p athletics Dot com. I have them in all sizes. Uh, this is the first of many, and you know, appreciate the the Raiders for letting me be creative and like you know, try to promote my dreams. But uh, yeah, uh, so <laughs> far it's been a good reception. A lot of Raiders fans and people around the world have uh, you know really bought into my idea. I, so I mean, ship some shirts out to uh, Australia, uh, America. And as well as like Glasgow, so um, the shipping is free. And like I said, it's really just a positive distraction to, you know, from the coronavirus and to get kids to go outside and play basketball. Or you don't even have to be a kid. Just, you know, the basketball is such a great sport. Uh, it brings so many people together. And uh, it's just for anyone that loves a game of basketball, pretty much. But yeah, tapathletics.com and like I said, shipping is free and available from small sizes to 2XL. So. Brilliant. Well, I'm going to make sure I get mine ordered this weekend because I feel left out at the moment. But And we're <laughs> obviously going to have to get you involved in our merchandising next year. Yeah, because I really sure. like the design. So, yeah, got, a bit of a sideline for you. We should all be wearing the same T-shirt. Let's order three of them. For sure. We should have a deuce range, do you think? Yeah, we should. <laughs> I'm just, just trying to be creative. Just trying to be more than an athlete. Just trying to get my entrepreneurial skills and also you know like i said yeah collab with the plymouth raiders and 
just get the popularity and, and excitement for basketball up all around uh, England. Thank you. That's what we want to do. We want to bring the level of basketball definitely up in this country. Yes, and I'm, so I'm I have to ask you before we let you go: Paris or London? Oh, whew. I only spent three months in Paris, and I went to the Eiffel Tower literally every other day. But I'm going to go with London just because I did more exploring. But like I said, I, w I wasn't healthy, and I was around like 27, 20, 2017, 2018. But you know, it might have been a tie had I had the same amount of time I spent in London. But both great cities. Brilliant. I love them both. I can never decide. I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> yeah. Thank you well, for answering. I you would have passed, would you, Bashak? Yeah, I lived in Paris, remember? I know I'm a little yeah. London. So I oh, yeah. Passed. So, Istanbul or London? London. Drive people nuts. London. Oh, <laughs> Plymouth or London? Plymouth. London. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. Well, listen, we're um, we're running short on time, do so. I really appreciate you joining us. It's uh, it's been good fun, buddy. And um, uh, yeah, look forward to to hopefully seeing you back on court come mm -hmm. September, right. uh, with with lots of people in the crowd. Hopefully, somehow. Um, yeah. And and thanks again, and, and best of luck. And we'll obviously keep keep up with uh, with baby progress as well. For as sure. the summer progresses so thanks again for joining us thanks for having me uh great to see you guys got to see you guys are staying safe uh it was a great chat and uh yeah hopefully we get back to things in uh uh mid-september and you know have a great season with the Plymouth Raiders so thanks for having me thank you brilliant oh, take care great. stay safe